Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 322. How in the heaven's names is it time for another year in review? These are my favorite episodes to record and to listen back to because it's basically like opening up my diary and sharing it with the world, minus sharing all of that mushy lovey-dovey stuff, of course. It is time to talk 2019 numbers, what worked, what sucked, where I thrived, where I barely survived. I am bearing it all in my cozy sweater in my closet so that you can learn. And if you want to jump in a time machine, this is actually my third annual recap. So if you want to see the growth in the last few years, check out the 2017 and 2018 reviews too. We'll link them in the show notes. You can find those at golddiggerpodcast.com as always. Now let's get into a recap of the last 365 days. Are you ready? You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru, Jenna Kutcher, will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Hey, real quick, if you want to make one last investment in your business before the clock strikes midnight and it's a brand new decade, make it HoneyBook. JennaKutcher.com slash HoneyBook for a free trial plus 50% off your subscription. If you're like, whoa, that sounds amazing, but what's HoneyBook? Let me tell you, it's a tool that you need to create a real system for your invoices, contracts, messages, questionnaires, timelines, all of the things all in one place. You have end-to-end project tracking, which was integral, not just for my sanity, but for when I brought on a team that helped me carry out every single client experience. Everything for each client stored in one place was a gift I didn't even know I needed until I couldn't do business without it. Listen, full honesty here, I was one of those people with stacks of papers and file folders scattered all over the place, just kind of saying a little prayer that I didn't forget a single detail. Don't be like pre-HoneyBook Jenna. HoneyBook integrates with all kinds of things like QuickBooks, Calendly, Google Calendar, Gmail, Zapier, and more. 
If you want to give it a shot before the year's out, because guess what? It's a tax write-off for your business. Head to jennacutcher.com slash honeybook for a free trial plus 50% off your annual subscription when you sign up. And if you're ready to jumpstart your year and you've got start my email list at the top of your resolutions, make sure you save a spot in my zero to 250 list building challenge. I learned from my friend Amy Porterfield that 250 is kind of the sweet spot for an email list. You can have a successful, profitable launch with a list of people probably smaller than the number of kids you went to high school with. My totally free challenge is like a mini course in email list building step by step. So if you don't know where to start and you're not what to say in that first email, or you want to get really good at beautiful visual emails that convert, sign up for free at listbuildchallenge.com. Again, that's listbuildchallenge.com. I love to start these episodes out with what worked. I mean, let's start with the positive and then we'll talk about what didn't quite work. Are you ready? So the first thing that worked so well this year, which sounds kind of crazy, but it was blacking out my calendar. This year, I felt a level of freedom that I never knew was possible as a growing entrepreneur. Going into this year, I made an extreme decision to black out my entire year and to have zero obligations on my calendar. It felt really weird, but so freeing for a girl who was coming from an industry that required booking out weekends a year in advance. I had a piece that even if this year wasn't a year that my business would grow, I would be available to say yes and no to things in the moment. I've been incredibly introspective this year and can feel a transition within my own self going from someone who is fueled by feeling important and seen to someone who desires more freedom and privacy. I think motherhood caused a lot of that shift, but the number one thing I've been craving this year is freedom. Freedom of time, freedom of schedule, freedom with money. The beautiful thing about giving myself an entire year of margin is that I discovered new ways to generate profits while being fully available for my family. If I hadn't blacked out my calendar, I likely wouldn't have had the bandwidth or the time to devote to some of the things that became the best and most impactful yeses of this year. So many of the experiences I've been a part of this year, from a life-giving retreat with my team to an eye-opening mastermind with Tony Robbins, came from saying no to everything at the beginning of the year so that I could say yes to the things that felt most right. I'll get to some more of those in just a few, but going into next year, I'm craving a bit more of a structure and a plan for my team, and so I'm trying to land in a happy middle of not boxing myself into things, but also having a clear direction and focus. So for next year, right now, I literally have one date on the calendar for the entire year, which is an event I agreed to speak at, but beyond that, I'm kind of following the same methodology of just blacking things out, saying no to pretty much everything so that I can protect my best yeses, whether they're happening inside of my home or in the online world. Now on to the next thing that worked in my favor this year, keeping things automated. (laughs) Now hear me out here. A big win for me has to do with all of the work that we did last year in automating my business to prepare for becoming a mom and all of that thoughtful, intentional work that wasn't easy it paid off big time. Usually I launch one of my courses each quarter and this year I let automation do a lot of the work for me so that I wasn't juggling stressful launches with a new baby. We still were consistently updating course content for our current students. We rewrote our launch emails and sales pages and were incredibly active in our communities of students, but it helped remove the hectic feel of trying to handle the intricacies of live webinar launches, especially with a baby at home. 
while we didn't sell as many programs as years past, having this automation and evergreen strategy in place gave me peace of mind and a consistent income without as much time invested as previous years. This wouldn't be something that I could just set and forget for the rest of time, but for this year, it was a total blessing to have my program serving students ongoing while I was able to focus on motherhood. Going into next year, we're going back to my approach of updating one course and campaign per quarter. I'm so excited for it. Okay, next up, affiliate launches. (laughs) Whoa, I never thought I'd be saying this. Up until this year, I had said a hard no to affiliating for someone else's course, and now I am hooked on affiliate launches. Essentially what it is, is you help other people promote their programs and then there's a financial split with them. Sometimes it's 50-50, sometimes it's 60-40, sometimes it's 30-70. It's different across the board. Now, I had a lot of fears around affiliate stuff because I never fully trusted people to serve my people the way that I do. And I worried about pointing my audience away from my own resources. But then came along some perfect partnerships. There is something so incredible about getting to lead your audience to a course, a program, or a mentor that you trust. And let's face it, I can't create programs on every single topic that you need. So it's become a total win-win. I could do anything anything at all, all day, it would be to strategize launches and getting the right offers in front of the right people. And doing affiliate launches with my business coach, Dean Graziosi, and one of my best friends, Amy Porterfield, were two of the main highlights of my year this year. It's so funny because Dean told me about his program and the launch and I texted him back saying, sweet, I'm going to win. Then I got into his Facebook group and realized that most of my mentors and teachers and people who literally wrote books on launching were in there. We're talking the heaviest of hitters in the online world who just so happen to be friends of Dean Graziosi's and who also happen to be affiliating for the same program. Well, the fun part was is that I do things differently than all of those guys. And I know sitting atop the leaderboard left a lot of dudes Googling who the heck is Jenna Kutcher? And then probably getting confused when they saw what I do and who I serve. An entirely different audience and an entirely different way of marketing than most of them. Truth be told, out of over 1,100 affiliates for Dean's program, I got first place. Yes, these launches have leaderboards and prizes and stuff, and I never realized just how competitive my team is. We had a blast of thinking of ways we could serve, bonuses we could offer, and how we could get the right people into the right programs. I also ended up winning Amy Porterfield's launch, which was so fun. As an Enneagram 3, I'll take competition any day of the week and getting a backstage pass to watch these veterans serve and teach and guide and show up was seriously so inspiring. I learned so much in the process. When I look at this past year, I actually had the most fun with these launches, and it's crazy because entering this year, affiliate launching wasn't even on my radar, and now it's a mega passion of mine. The best part? My audiences had the lowest refund rates, which is a testament that we reached the right humans in the process. While we didn't do many live launches in my own programs this year, we significantly made up loss of sales on my own stuff with affiliate sales through big launches like these two. Speaking of which, let's talk about affiliate relationships because along that same line and train of thought, a huge win for us this year was in affiliate commissions through products, softwares, and recommendations to things that we love. This year, we brought in more than a quarter of a million dollars in commissions alone from recommending the things that I use and the things I love. 
We've been focusing on building strategic partnerships for our top affiliates and continue to work to get you the best access and deals out there because I take putting my name on something super seriously. And so we're opting to focus on our top five most strategic partnerships and just growing those relationships and resources we share about the companies so that we can talk about why we love them and tell you about them in case it's the right fit for you. Moving on to podcast growth, this sweet, sweet show. And holy cow, did I smile when I read my year in review post from 2018 and the podcast because we had 16 million downloads on the show this year. We more than doubled our sponsored income from last year and saw significant growth in our communities online. Beyond that, I got this renewed sense of vigor for the show. I hope you can hear it in my voice. Like It is so exciting to me. It is such a gift to get to sit in my closet and record content for you and get to talk to incredible women founders and ask them all the questions I want to know. I had this moment the other day when I was sitting in my closet recording when I realized I now make in one episode what I was once paid to shoot an entire wedding day and I get to do it from the comfort of my own home in my PJs. Like what? That's so crazy. I get to sit in my closet, share my knowledge, interview brilliant people and get paid to do about it. I'll talk about my team in a quick sec, but I've got to call out Kylie on this because this girl has taken this show and just ran with it. This year has been silky smooth on the podcast front and this growth hasn't come with growing pains. And so much of that has to do with the woman behind me. So speaking of my incredible team members, let's talk about this. A few months back, I made another hire. I hired an integrator. Her name's Marissa. Her job essentially to replace me as a person who everyone goes to when they have a question or a need. And she is the point contact for all things JK to keep the brand running smoothly. Anyways, when we first met, she told me to tell her about the team. We were sitting down in Duluth, Minnesota, eating nachos. And I said, well, we're a team of five. We have Caitlin, Kylie, Danielle, Steph, and me. Those four are my core. Well, five now with Marissa. But as the day went on, I listed about 10 other women who serve my business on a consistent basis. From Carrie, who does our Facebook ads, to our content writers, Brooklyn and Audrey, to our web designers. Then there's Rebecca, who runs our shop and copywriters and podcast editors and ad agents. And the list goes on and on and on. It actually surprised me that by the end of it, I was looking at a list of 20 people that I was the point person for. Like, no wonder I have been feeling overwhelmed and looking for someone to help manage it all. This was one of my hard things that turned into a mega win. You see, pre-Conley, I worked pretty normal hours. I'd log in in the morning, I'd work until dinner, and my team communicates via Slack. So while we are all remote, we were able to stay in conversation each day, and I could do everything to make sure that everyone had what they needed from me to do their job. But then along came Coco and a three-month maternity leave and two other big trips that took me away for a month at a time. And since I exclusively have nursed her since she was born, I'd have to log off and feed her or I'd be online one minute and off putting her down for a nap the next. I went from being a girl who would work in four-hour stretches without even getting up to someone who was chipping away in 20-minute increments. And with the ever-growing team and contractor list, it's easy to see how I consistently felt like I was never, ever caught up. I hated feeling like I was dropping balls for my team or that I was the one thing that was holding us all back from moving forward. 
This year was so transformative from not just a team standpoint, but also in reference to what I am responsible for within my own brand. Truth be told, we never had things like a scorecard before I had that coaching episode with my coach, Dean, that we aired on the podcast. So we weren't necessarily actively tracking results on a weekly basis. I also, this might be shocking, but I never really worked off of deadlines or a to-do list, which all changed when Marissa jumped on the scene. The way I work today, literally today, is night and day different from the way I worked a year ago. Now I have to-do lists for each week, deadlines, and I'm proud to say that the goal of Inbox Zero on a weekly basis, which is entirely unheard of for me, is something that's actually happening. Like I am the queen of reading and then marking emails unread to quote, deal with them later. So she has totally transformed the way that I work and the way that I do business. So clearly people have needed to pick up my slack this year. And so we ended up welcoming more hands on deck, which was so amazing. We had a few really critical hires this year that have allowed us to free up other team members to hone in on what their genius spots are. From Audrey, who's responsible for a ton of the content written for the brand, to the girls at Northfolk who have taken on designing and building new web pages for us, to Maddie, an intern that we are working with on graphics, to Brooklyn, who's been writing all kinds of copy for us. Like the list goes on and on and on. And it's easy with a small team to have everyone doing all the things. But this year, we've done two things that have transformed the way we work. We've got each person on the team laser focused on their genius spot and in their lane while also incorporating things like team scorecard and weekly team calls that connect us as a whole. As we've continued to grow and expand, having those extra hands on deck has continued to help replace me in many capacities, allowing me to truly, truly be the visionary and the strategist behind what we do. It's pretty surreal to see how many people are working on this team and that the business I've built is able to support so many women and families. Like, I never dreamed that I'd go from a photographer on her own to a boss of 10 women on the daily. We also went on our first team retreat, which you probably heard all about back in episode 315, but it was the first time I've ever invested in my team in such a tangible way. And it was so special to share space, to celebrate, to dream big, and to come together as a family. If you haven't listened to episode 315 yet, please go back and do it. You'll get to meet every single team member, hear about how they serve the brand, and hear about our experience on our retreat. And I can say that our team retreat was definitely a highlight of my year, and it totally transformed the way that we work together as a whole. Now, the next thing that went really well is mindset. And this might be surprising, but I honestly think my personal biggest win this year has to do with mindset. In the past years, I've read the books and followed the systems and bought the blueprints and leaned on other people's methods to launch and sell and scale. But this year, I didn't have as much time to devote to all of that. And I just put my head down. I asked myself how I can serve people the best in this season. And guess what? Like it was our best year yet. I don't want to spoil it. I'll get to the numbers soon. But I feel like it's easy as a woman in business to second guess yourself or to want to test out other people's methods. But I found myself excelling when I dropped the formulas or the textbook ways of doing things and instead focused on what my gut was telling me to do, which was reaching the right people with the right offer through the right message. Doing this not only got me bigger results, but it brought on this new level of confidence within me to just trust my gut and lean into what I already know, not just from what I've learned, but from what I know to be true, not just for me, but for the people who are where I once was. 
this year, I had people who had mentored me in the past, business coaches and the greats, asking me for advice or asking me how I was doing things. And it was crazy to sit at tables where I was the one doing the teaching and the explaining. This year, because of life being busier and not having as much time to be a student, I gained confidence in what I know to personally be true in how I show up, how I launch, how I serve people. And that was so invaluable. But it doesn't mean I know all the things. It just means that I came a long way in believing in my ability. Now, mentorship was kind of interesting for me this year. And this was my first year in a few that I didn't join a formal paid mastermind because I honestly couldn't commit to a year-long stint with multiple trips away this year. And so while I didn't join a formal mastermind, I did take on mentors in different ways. So let's talk about that. The first was unexpected and came in the form of a text from my past mentor and mastermind leader, Brendan Burchard. He invited me to Puerto Rico to an informal mastermind with my friends and peers and other marketers. Truth be told, he invited me to go right before I gave birth and I told him no, but thankfully he reached out one last time the week before to ask once more. Conley was 10 weeks old and I was finally kind of coming out of that fog of having a newborn and using my business brain again. I remember texting Drew and my mom right away and telling them about it, but following up with, I don't know if I can leave her overnight. They both encouraged me to book a flight and promised me that they could cover watching her while I was away. And I was and am so thankful for them for encouraging me to go because to say those days in Puerto Rico changed the trajectory of this entire year would be a serious understatement. It was honestly everything I needed in that exact season of coming out of maternity leave and the perfect amount of fun and business talk. I got to sit at the table with people like Russell Brunson, Lewis Howes, Rachel Hollis, Trent Shelton, and so many more incredible humans. And we got to learn and teach and challenge each other while soaking up the Puerto Rican sun. It was like heaven. Now, on that trip, I reconnected with Dean, Dean Graziosi, and he had been telling me all about this new program he was launching. And so when I left Puerto Rico, I left one day early to get back home to my baby. He sent me a voice text that he wanted me to just take his new course and give him feedback. Well, his program ended up being the only one I took this year, and it was incredible. I actually planned to retake it this month, like I have it blocked on my calendar, just to freshen up on it and to see all the new stuff that they've been working on. There were so many exercises inside of it that actually made me come out a better human and leader, and I know even the difference a year can make in terms of life and mindset and goals, so retaking it right now feels so right and like a good way to lead into this next year by asking myself first the tough questions and then turning that into being a better educator and leader. Anyways, clearly I love the program to be retaking it. I already shared that I ended up being an affiliate for it. It's called the Knowledge Business Blueprint or KBB. And I was so lucky to lead over a thousand entrepreneurs through it. That was a pure highlight because that community blew me away and consistently continues to blow me away. I told them that I'd only be leading them for 30 days and I am still in that Facebook group hanging out with them and answering their questions every single day, six months later. Like those people are my people. They've actually become good friends. I ended up hiring a few of them. Like it's been an incredible group of humans. It's safe to say that this year, my relationship totally transformed with Dean. We've had coaching phone calls. We've recorded eight podcast episodes in 24 hours. We traveled to Fiji for a weekend long mastermind. I became close friends with him and his wife, Lisa. He's essentially on speed dial and we talk every single week. And it's been amazing having someone give a different perspective when I need it. 
I was also invited to Fiji with Dean and Tony Robbins and 10 other entrepreneurs, and we had the perfect mix of hanging out and masterminding. And I was actually the only girl entrepreneur there. So it was super fun to challenge you guys and to share a woman's perspective and to learn from them all at the same time. While this year wasn't necessarily super formal in terms of mentorship, the way it panned out was better than ever. I now have amazing guys like Brendan and Dean and Ed Milet on Speed Dial, but I also have the opportunity to pour my expertise into their businesses as well. And those relationships to me are invaluable. Like I feel so lucky to have access to so many amazing, brilliant minds. On to marriage, right? We go from mentorship to marriage. Let's do this. This year, we transformed from husband and wife to that plus mommy and daddy. (laughs) And it has been a journey watching our lives transform. And I smile at the difference a year has made. We now plan basically everything around nap time and a 7 p.m. bedtime. Like I am recording this and it is 7.33 p.m. because it's the only time I have. But just as I was writing the notes for this episode, I was watching Conley on the monitor. Drew came over and kissed me on the couch and he said, I just I love our simple little life. Just the three of us. I mean, I wouldn't exactly call it simple, but for us, it's exactly what we've wished for. We are so, so lucky and privileged to get to spend all day together as a family unit. And Drew stopped his business, The Kutcher Method, which was health coaching so that he can just focus on the babe and keeping things running over here while I juggle being a working mom. We are so thankful that we get to be with our girl and watch her grow and develop every day. Like how lucky are we? Like we see that fortune and we are so, so thankful Drew, this goes without saying, is an exceptional father. Like, I know everyone thinks her husband is the best dad, but man, that guy has a patience of a saint and he just adores Coco so much. He does so much with her so that I can keep up with work and getting to hear them playing and giggling in the other room makes my cheeks hurt. It's been really, really crazy because it's like every day we get to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner together, and we do bath time together, and we put her to bed together, and like just having that experience as a new family, especially a family that went through loss and so many years of just wondering, is this ever going to happen? Like, It has been the best, best, best year. Like He's so involved and hands-on, and he's so capable, and he always encourages me to do what I love, which is momming and working. So... Maybe you're here to hear the money talk. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. But I want to talk about a huge financial goal that we reached this year before we get into the figures. So I set a big audacious goal this year, and I've mentioned it in passing on the podcast, but here's what it was. I essentially wanted to save and invest enough money that I could retire any day that I woke up and just didn't want to do this anymore. And I know that's crazy for a 31-year-old to say and to talk publicly about. I think we as women are taught to not talk about money and things like this, but hey, let's do it. I mean, just this morning, my mom was over and talking to me about this episode on Shark Tank where this young couple invented something and the sharks just bought it from them. And on the spot, they got a few million dollars. And she said, oh my gosh, like imagine they are set for life. And truly, like that was my goal all along. I've shared pretty openly that I've struggled with money mindsets in the past, most specifically in always wanting more, more, more and finding security in the number in my bank account. And this year, I feel like I had a really big breakthrough in a lot of ways. So before I drone on about this, I have to tell you, I hit the goal that I set. So sitting here in my closet tonight to record this show, it's strictly because I want to, not because I have to. 
showing up on social media. It's my joy. Blogging content for you. Yes, please. Like literally anything you've seen me do launch or show up for is strictly because I want to do it. And that fact in and of itself has changed so much for me. So hear me out. Money provides this level of security for me. And for a long time, I withheld a lot of joy around money because I just kept saving and stockpiling and not allowing myself to enjoy what I had worked for. And this year, I feel like I found a balance of reaping the rewards of the eight, nine years of work I've done while still staying grounded. I mean, truth be told, I still drive a car that's from 2008 and I love it and it doesn't even have an MP3 player. It has a cassette deck and I will not get rid of it. But I did enjoy some of the fun conveniences that money can buy, like flying at the front of the plane and picking nicer hotels that have robes and all of that kind of stuff. And so financially, it's just been this goal of mine that the things that I'm doing are out of pure passion and service and this desire to do them because impact is leading me, not income. And I feel like hitting that goal, knowing that we've saved and invested enough money that any day of the week, I could wake up and just say, I am done. I'm going to just fade off into the distance. That makes me want to show up bigger and harder. And I'm just so, so proud. And I'm also really, really freaking thankful. Now, speaking of investments and money, maybe if you follow on Instagram, you probably noticed that we also invested in another property. And so if you're doing the math, we now own our home in Duluth, a home up the North shore of Minnesota, and then our two Hawaii condos that we rent out. And we're actually always looking for our next property. And we've had papers written up to buy another unit in Hawaii, but then just something felt off about it. And so we didn't sign them. And the more and more I thought about it, the more I wanted an escape closer to home, somewhere that we could pile the dogs into the car and escape for the weekend. Before you think we're crazy, we've actually been able to purchase every single property with cash. So we don't have a single mortgage, which is really important to me. Like being debt free is really huge to us. And while a lake house wasn't even on our vision board, we had been looking at property up the North Shore all year long. We had even put in an offer on a condo and it had fallen through, which opened us up for what we ended up purchasing, which has become a huge highlight of this year. The lake house has become a total haven for us. We've literally spent every single weekend there, minus one since we bought it, and we always end up staying just a little bit longer each time. It's set on 20 acres. It overlooks Lake Superior. It has a beautiful little guest house. It has a sauna and a garage, and I've had so much fun decorating it and making it ours, and I swear I just become a different person when I'm there. It's like I can breathe easier, and the urgency within me as a type three on the Enneagram just loosens up. Like... It's wild. It's so wild to own so many properties, but one of our biggest desires is to invest in things that we can enjoy and make memories with. And the moment I walked into the lake house for the first time with Conley on my hip, I imagined that girl growing up there. It's funny because before we closed on it, we were in Fiji and I was at the mastermind dreaming alongside some powerhouse entrepreneurs who do not shy away from playing big. And I found myself doodling our cabin in the woods and I wrote down the words, I want to feel peace. Like that's my overall goal. I feel that the most when I'm at the lake house. And so we've been soaking up our time there and we're so thankful that it became a part of our 2019. So the part you've probably been waiting for, let's talk numbers. We had a chart topping results year. And if you're a numbers person, 
Here's a breakdown of what we brought in this year. I always get a little nervous about sharing this, but we've done it before in the past, and I think full transparency is so helpful for you. So here we go. This year, in my own online courses, we sold $2.9 million in them. With the affiliate course launches, we actually did $3.1 million that we earned in affiliate course launches. With our affiliate products and software and the other things that we share about what we love, we made $300,000. Our shop brought in $350,000. Paid sponsorships brought in $350,000. Our Airbnb properties brought in $100,000. And this year podcast brought in $475,000. Year to date, we did over $7.5 million in gross profit and our net was a little over 4.5 million. Like I need to like pause, take a sip of my mezcal margarita. Like those numbers are insane to me, truly. Like I'm cool when they just feel like numbers on a page that I use to measure how we're doing. But when I start to really try and comprehend this massive company that the brand has become, I'm at a total loss. Now to hit those numbers, we obviously had big expenses from payrolls to salaries to contractors, ads, and more. I'm going to tell you a staggering number just to help you understand the scope and the scale, but we spent over $650,000 on ads alone. But if you do the math, if I asked you, will you give me $1 today and I promise to give you $10 at the end of the day, would you do it? worth every penny. Not because the ads generated direct profits. They definitely did at times, but because we had the systems and the automations and the ability to serve people well based off of the work that I've done over the past five years. It's crazy, right? So crazy. I just had a Facebook memory pop up from four years ago of one of my first courses that I ever launched. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have come so far. It was called the JKC, the Jen and Kutcher course. I couldn't even think of a name for it. And to see this growth and what we've been able to build and the way that we've been able to serve and teach and come together and create incredible revenue. Holy mackerel. Sometimes I laugh because when I talk to people in passing or when somebody asks me that silly question, like, what do you do? A lot of times if I just say, you know, I run a podcast and I have a blog and I do Instagram sponsorships, like they all sound like hobbies. And sometimes I just want to say like, I'm the CEO of a multi-million dollar education corporation or something like that. Like it just, it's crazy. It's just crazy what this all has become. It's so crazy. Still crazy to me in case you think I forgot what it was like at the beginning. I haven't. Okay, well, let's talk about what didn't work, hey? I think one of the hardest parts of this year was figuring out a new schedule and a new flow as a family unit. Like I went from being able to work anytime or all of the time to now being this nap time warrior and working between nursing sessions. And it was easy to put off creating this actual schedule at first because Conley was super easygoing and we were on the go and traveling so much. And so it felt like we just kept putting off creating a solid schedule or setting hours that I could get work done. When you couple that with my desire to breastfeed for a year, like it got real interesting at times. I mean, for all of you non-mamas out there, it's super easy to make a statement like, oh, I'm just going to breastfeed for a year. But did you know that if you stick to that, the amount of hours you breastfeed is equivalent to working a full-time 40-hour-a-week job for an entire year? 
I am really, truly proud that I was able to reach that goal. And while weaning is making my mama heart hurt a bit, like I'm actually really looking forward to having my body back to myself for a while and also to not be on demand for feeding. Now, the best part of this year was that nothing was ever really urgent. So even when I started to feel stressed or frazzled, I quickly reminded myself that nothing is urgent. Everything can wait. The reality of that is the best, but it's so easy to trick yourself into thinking that things can become life or death and deadlines are really important. And Drew was really good at reminding me of that one this year. And while there were ebbs and flows to us figuring out our new normal at home, I feel like as I record this, we have finally found our groove. Drew has joined this brand new YMCA that opened up by our house so that he can work out early in the morning before we wake up or run over there during nap time when I'm home. And that's been super freeing to us. And you know us, like we love CrossFit, but CrossFit was limiting when he would go in and the drive added time away. And by the time Drew got home, it was like 11 a.m. And I was just getting to start work, which made me feel like I was constantly behind. So having this new part of our system figured out has been super great for us. And they even have two hour free childcare, which we haven't used yet, but it's a fantastic option for us and something we definitely want to try out. Along those same lines, I really struggled with feeling like I was letting my team down. Like I would jump on Slack and then I'd be on and then life would pull me away. And I just always had this feeling like I was only half in on both momming and working. That was something I wasn't fully prepared for. And those feelings of guilt definitely got to me and they still do. I have this vision of the kind of mom I want to be, but I also have this really strong vision of the work that I want to do. And having to choose hour by hour, which comes first, isn't an easy mind game. It was such a learning curve for me to learn how to switch gears quickly based on who or what needed me more. And my efficiency standards went out the door as I navigated trying to do both things and doing them both well. One thing that's super interesting is we've never actually had a babysitter or a nanny. Conley has been with us day in and day out since she was born. And while we have the means to hire help, we love being able to be the ones present with her. My mom is actually the only person who's watched her and has graciously come over once a week for a few hours so that we can have a date night or so that we can just have a little breather. And we're super thankful to have those little chunks of breaks. Like they are invaluable. But I do think it's important to note that as I look at this year in the past, like we have been on our own this year by choice, juggling business and babe. And I know that that's not a possibility for everyone, but it was important for us to just be with her as much as we can in this season. While it's the best blessing, don't get me wrong, don't get it twisted, to have all of us under one roof, it was also incredibly distracting in the cutest sense, which meant I'd be online and offline and bouncing back and forth a lot, which led to feelings of inadequacy or finding myself at the end of the day like wondering, did I actually accomplish anything today? Now, the last thing that was my struggle this year was just a question of like, what's next? What's to come? And can I just say that I've never really felt content until this year? For a hot minute, I questioned, did I lose my mojo? I think I had this vision that like three months postpartum when the fourth trimester was winding down, I'd feel like myself again. But in reality, I am just feeling like I'm coming back to my driven little self with this beautiful mix of contentedness and the lingering question of Jenna, like what's next? I feel like it took me a bit to realize that the old Jenna just wasn't coming back and she wasn't meant to come back. This new version of me is here to stay and I need to find that balance of beautiful contentedness and peace mixed with that fiery drive that I know is still deep inside of me. 
there's a bit of an identity crisis that I assume every mom goes through. And I definitely felt that this year. It's like, it's like you birth a baby. And at the same time, you birth a mom, like you're growing in tandem. And while everyone is so focused on the cute little baby, like the mom is likely going through the same growth spurts and growing pains. They're just not as visible. It's crazy for me because I know a lot of people have children two years apart and the thought of having another baby right now or starting that process over is nowhere on my horizon. I feel like having a baby takes up two years of your life where you're just really devoted and in limbo and it can leave you in that limbo where you don't know how your pregnancy is going to go. You don't know how delivery and postpartum will go and you just can't plan for what will happen. And so while I am so excited to have a year to myself, weaning from nursing soon and then just kind of claiming back my body and my freedom to work more than three hours at a time, I'm really looking forward to this next year. And then we'll think about potentially adding to our family if we're so lucky to. And in case you forgot, like we realized we can't just plan these things. Like it took us three years to get Coco. So we realized that planning for all of this isn't really a thing in our world. So we can just hope and pray and wait for now. Well, guys, that was a doozy. I hope you enjoyed this. I truly struggled to think of the negative because this year was truly the best year of my life. I know, I know I say that every single year, but I think the most beautiful part of this year was seeing that our season of waiting was worth it and that the work that we did while waiting for our baby, it paid off. It was the most fruitful year in life, in memories, and in business. I hope you enjoyed this deeper look into what you've been watching unfold online. Thank you for letting me recap the last 365 days. And most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of our lives and our story. On to a new decade. Are you ready? Let's do this. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.